the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Continue to enjoy your best lawn ever with Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Contact them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025 or online, LawnDoctor.com. A lot more summer ahead plus the fall. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island, your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call for a free quote today, 401-392-1025. Find out also about keeping your family safe from ticks and mosquitoes, Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Check out their website. It's LawnDoctor.com or call today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. It's John DiPietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website. It's DiPietro.com. It's Tuesday. It is August 10th. Ron's Pastry Gourmet has reopened. They've been closed for some time. Uh, Ron had a little bit of a Physical problem, but they're now open Tuesday through Friday. So pop in and see them. They're right near AAA in Providence. Fresh pastry, most delicious. Those delicious chocolate donuts. Stop in and see them. Calzones, everything. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. I just want to read you um, some headlines. And folks, something big that is happening is with this variant. That children now, you know, one of the things about covid was children seem to be speared from it. That does not seem to be the case with the this Delta variant. But just some of the headlines we're talking about right now. How about Texas? Appeal for out-of-state COVID help. Austin warns catastrophe. Florida is requesting ventilators. Now, our part of the country where there's more people vaccinated, you don't have these. But a lot of these states, Arkansas reports new record for hospitalizations. You never want your hospitals full because that results in danger. Schools go against DeSantis. In schools in Florida, they are requiring masks. Governors threatening to withhold their salaries. I mean, this is getting out of control. State races to find beds. Ambulances are strained amid Delta surge. Confusion again reigns. Hospitals parceling out beds, hunting for doctors. Pediatricians warn, not your grandfather's COVID. Vaccine enthusiasts getting extra shots without FDA approval. I don't think that sounds good. Status has Americans picking sides. Pentagon to require all troops by September 15th must be vaccinated from the Pentagon. Fauci supports mandates for teachers and pharmaceutical firms, as you can imagine, are raking in the buildings. But the the, uh, billions, excuse me. But something that is very significant is the fact, and that is that children under 12 are unable to get vaccinated. Now, there was a good piece on Good Morning America. I want to play a little bit. It's rising calls by pediatricians for the FDA to authorize vaccines for children under 12 because of these battles that are happening now with the mask mandate. So it's pretty interesting. I want to play a little bit of it. Richard Besser, president of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation and former acting director of the CDC. Rich, you're a pediatrician. Do you agree with the growing call from the American Academy of Pediatricians urging the FDA to authorize vaccines for children under 12 as soon as possible? Well, I, I, I think the key there, Robin, is as soon as possible. You know, as a, as a pediatrician, I want to make sure that they are getting all of the safety data that they need to know that if I'm recommending these for my patients, they truly are safe. Hopefully they'll have that information soon. But we can't count on vaccines for children protecting our children in schools this fall. And Rich, we're also hearing about children dealing with long COVID, ongoing symptoms, even after recovering. How concerned are you about this? Well, you know, what it says to me is that there's a lot we don't know about this virus and its effect on on everybody, in particular in in, in children. And because of that, I I urge parents, I urge schools, I urge governors not to underestimate what we're dealing with here. And we need to take all the steps that we can to keep our children safe. So with back to school season in full swing in parts of the country, and we just saw this in Victor's report, the battle over mass mandates in schools really heating up. Do you believe parents should get to choose if their children wear masks to school or should states and districts decide? 
Yeah, I, I don't think that this is something that we can uh, allow parents to choose on their own. You know, when we think about schools and getting kids in safely, there, there's a layered approach they're taking. So improved ventilation and separating kids in the, in the classroom and doing testing and making sure your teachers and staff are vaccinated. But masks is a key piece of this. It's something that will protect those who've been vaccinated who may not have gotten a, a, enough protection because of immune problem and protects children who can't get vaccinated yet. So allowing it to be an issue of personal choice um, is, is fine if it only affected your child, but it doesn't. It affects everyone around your child as well. Rich, as we said, you are a pediatrician. So bottom line, what is your message to parents this morning? You know, my message is we need to do everything we can to protect our kids. And, and the biggest thing that we can do is get vaccinated yourself because that will protect your children. It will protect other people's children. It will protect adults. And in some of the places where we're seeing the biggest outbreaks, the vaccination rates are the lowest. So please get your questions answered and consider getting vaccinated. Dr. Richard Besser, always a pleasure to see you. We appreciate You know, folks, and again, um, I'm being requested by different people to cover some of these you know let parents decide type of thing and i i just don't know enough i i don't i don't know i don't know enough about it um i know that this is going to be a very difficult fall and i know there's there was a rally i have some sound there was a rally uh about the the in the new vaccine my body, my choice, chance. Crowd several hundred New York City protesting the new vaccine pass set to take face in August sixteenth. I mean, people are rallying about this stuff. I mean, I recognize people <laughs> do not want to get it. And I also understand there's a lot of people saying, in fact, that that they they just don't think the masks do anything. So we're at a crossroads. There's been a lot of misinformation. But I, I don't I don't know about this stuff about um parents d deciding. You just heard, you know, what's the I should decide for my child. That's a tough one. Folks, and there's so many unknowns. There just are. And I'm not sure where it's going to... I don't know where all this is going to lead, but it's going to be a difficult... This battle that's going on right now over whether or not kids should have to wear masks in school, um, there's just nothing positive about it. Um, there should be more uh, of a fight to have it outside as far as class as much as possible so see th this this is difficult and it's also it's different in different parts of the country i was reading you the headlines that certain parts of the country where the vaccine rate those vaccinated is very very low um it's if people are having heart attack people are having various reasons why they need to go to the hospital and the hospitals cannot accommodate them because there's so many people that are in there because of covid uh and it's it's unvaccinated people so like a lot of people um my threshold for empathy is is not that high for those that choose not to it's a different dynamic though when you enter kids into the mix and with this new variant it does seem to be throwing children and affecting them much worse than covid did so that's something that I know people don't like it, but it all can't be treated the same. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega M-E-G-A, Mega truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. 24-hour mobile service and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. 
Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This summer, let J.K.L. Engineering keep you and your family nice and cool. J.K.L. Engineering. Call them today, 401 401- 351-7600. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. JKL. It's going to be a hot summer ahead. Call JKL Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available. Remember, with JKL, 54 years in business, reputation is second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved National Grid VPI installer. They're also a Navian certified factory dealer. Call JKL for a system replacement, oil to gas for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available this summer. Call JKL Engineering right now. Remember, they do it right. They do it right the first time. They'll keep you and your family or your employees nice and cool. Call JKL, 401-351-7600. Remember, JKL Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, a carrier factory authorized dealer. It's JKL. Call them, 401-351-7600. This summer, stay nice and cool with JKL Engineering, 401-351-7600. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which is tobetro.com. Joining me right now, she is, in fact, a freelance media writer and also commentator. It is our friend, happens to be one of my siblings, Donna Perry. DJ, I'd like to just start off and get your thoughts on the situation in New York. Governor Andrew Cuomo, this has been building. Uh, he seems to be in the bunker. Boy, the, the press really went after someone that very close to him, seemed to be like his gatekeeper, biggest supporter, and boy, that did not last long. But um, this is really astounding. Talk about a dramatic rise and fall. I mean, last spring, as you and I had talked about, he was being considered either should be part of the ticket or even the top of the ticket for president, and and now you even yep. have the president of the United States saying that he should step aside. You know, John, that you you have to go back a few decades to to find such an extraordinary fall from the top of the mountain when you talk about a, a major league uh, political figure. Um, and ironically, we're at the week when Nixon stepped down. So it's uh, something about August. I mean, I, I would say this at where this stands now. I think there was a period of time over the past year and people thought, could he ride it out? He is a major figure. Uh, a lot of the national Washington media um, you know, I felt, you know, there were kind of light gloves on it for a while. I, I, you know, he's just such a prominent figure. But number one, when you have the president, when Biden kind of was pushed, but he had, he said, yes, I mean, you know, the report is too damning and he really should step aside. I think where we are right now is, is it an extraordinary moment? So when you see this top aide and the way a lot of these people function at that high level, um, there is always the one aide, John, who they know everything that is going on. They're yep. in on every decision, by the way. And they then also, they're like the guard, you know, the gatekeeper. And they also, um, you know, try to keep the trouble, troublesome people aside or get rid of them. And, you know, Melissa DeRosa over all the reporting was really that person. She was um, always like with him and that's a guardian job and all that kind of stuff. But I think the fact that we have the news since Sunday that she has stepped aside says a couple of things. First of all, I think there is a legal jeopardy for her Mm -hmm. um, with what was in that report. And it's talking about, you know, it, it, there is a law in New York and elsewhere about 
kind of an orchestrated retaliation against a valid accuser of a sexual assault or sexual harassment situation. Um, and then this is all coinciding with the, the person who was executive assistant number one or whatever, that female has now gone very public. I think it was CBS news had it. Um, and the paper up there, the union leader, and, and she's gone fully public. This is different from harassment. I mean, she is saying, she is saying it was like a sexual assault situation at the governor's mansion. So when you have that, that coming forward on top of the report, um, and him losing his top aide, or at least losing that per she's stepping aside from the office. I, I don't see how he now survives. I, I don't. And I, you know, you have to wonder at that level when someone like the top aide is making it public, like I'm stepping aside, John, you do have to wonder, has he now reached the point of he's just, they're sorting out like, what is his exit plan? I, I absolutely think that despite that very, you know, defensive, it looked like he was standing his ground in that um, very extraordinary press conference he gave last week. I don't know. I don't know who is left to, you know, help him stay, you know, get through this at this point. It also just becomes a matter of, you know, you can't govern anymore. Correct. So, right. I mean, they're going to move forward. Um, it is incredible. He is fully in the bunker, uh, yep. and of all places, you know, the New York press is certainly not going to let it go and whatever way he thought he was going to redeem himself. Donna Perry, what do you think this means for his brother? Now his brother's off this week, mm. pre-planned vacation, yeah. but again, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, the two of them were the, you know, they dominated with COVID and the two of them and having each other, you know, him on CNN with them. Yeah. What do you think that this potentially could mean for the brother? Because I wonder if Chris Cuomo, if he can even begin to start to, he's taken some damage on this and obviously easy fodder for Fox and so forth. But right. I don't know if he can, as long as his brother remains the governor. I would agree. Okay. And I am not so sure that, that this, he is not going to become a real problem for CNN as a corporation. Um, because let, you know, what came out through the report, he was mentioned and it was stated that even though the people sort of seem to know this, he was, you know, now there is documentation, always important in legal proceedings, documentation that he was on an email. He was linked in as really a key member as a sounding board to his brother, to John, this strategy group, what it seemed to be their purpose was really to create ways to smear the accusers in one way or another. Now, I'm not, I don't think there's anything on the email that was published that looked like Chris Cuomo was sort of, you know, giving guidance in that direction. But if you look at the circle of people, he was part of a sounding board. It wasn't the first and only time, you know, that's going to come out, you know, yep. and it's not just one email, not just one. So he, how long and how in deep was he, advising him and especially as all the twists and turns took place uh and again there is legal jeopardy when there is a sort of orchestrated retaliation um against someone who files that kind of a complaint so i'm not sure that chris cuomo is not could end up in quicksand through all this so, you know i just don't know how that really can play out for cnn and and certainly in their credibility on an issue like this, which is a huge issue all the time. Mm. So. Donna Perry, the variant is getting worse. Um, it was obviously far too premature for the Biden administration almost to clear victory back around the 4th of July. And um, very, uh, <clears throat> really incredible that Randy Weingarten, who you and I have discussed uh, over the years, head of the AFT, has announced that she now supports band, uh, mandatory vaccinations for teachers, part of the union now, that certainly seemingly caught a lot of people off guard. Um, they're normally not used yeah. to that type of dictate. But I'm curious your thoughts on this seems like this this could be uh, more back and forth with the masks and children and 
and, and everything as we're getting closer to the return to school in the Northeast. Yeah. And, and I would say there's no question that COVID coming roaring back in this way and with this variant, um, I think it, it definitely has thrown the White House uh, it threw the White House off and, and over the course of the summer and they're definitely off their playbook. I mean, that's, you know, an understatement. Um, and so politically that, you know, there is the pressure on them and they're obviously the always, you know, now very politically charged CDC to get it right um, in, to some degree. And you're right. I think the difference between what we're seeing this fall from a year ago it is a large difference. And I do, I hope, you know, people have to keep putting this in perspective. The difference is the vaccines, right. however imperfect. Um, there is now some better reporting saying to everyone will slow down on worrying about massive breakthrough infections. I mean, it, it is a spotty thing that's going on, but there's no question people who were vaccinated, you know, are now suddenly getting it. So I think in terms of what happens to teachers um, any public official or in the public sector, I should say, I think it's going to be very difficult to make a case. Anyone, anyone in a public school building working with children, I don't know how you can say there can be adults in there who are not vaccinated and, you know, no one can ask them and that's just going to be fine. I don't think that's going to play out that way. And I, you know, cause obviously you know, it's a very serious situation. And uh, if, especially if they feel children, unlike a year ago, are now more vulnerable. Um, I would definitely keep an eye, you know, for Randy Weingarten to kind of tip her toe out there that far to right. say that, well, I am now thinking our leadership team or whatever is now, you know, examining how can yeah. a mandate happen. I don't see how they can't right. end up in that place, John. Yes. Um, yeah. We're going to take a quick break, folks. A lot more. Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. Calvino, call for a free consultation today, 401-785-9400, or online, fightbackcalljack.com. Were you or a friend or a member of your family in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, fight back, call Jack, free consultation, 401 401- 785-9400. 50 years personal injury law experience and his office, 100 years combined total with the staff. Fight back. Call Jack, 401-785-9400. It would be great if you were in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall workplace injury, and the other person's insurance company offered to compensate you what they should, but it doesn't happen that way. You need a fighter. Fight back. Call Jack. Free consultation. 401-785-9400. Jack Calvino. 401-785-9400. Or online, fightbackcalljack.com. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508 336 7801 MEGA MEGA professionals 508 336 7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part time, full time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out, they send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today 508. 508- 336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. 
MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. We're speaking with Donna Perry, who is a freelance commentary writer and also commentator. DJ, um, just where do you where do you think the Biden administration is right now on the messaging? With I, I think there's a lot of mis, mixed messages about the variant. Who who needs to get a mask? I, I'm yeah. not sure if people know what to think right now. You know, it continues to change, which I think is difficult because a lot of people, especially in the summertime, kind of tune out that you know suddenly now i i was at a store earlier and everyone was in a mask i mean it was really incredible you'd think it was it was a year ago but um i i think that people have to understand that i I mean science is not perfect and so you know they were jumping all over fauci for say you said you didn't have to wear a mask (laughs) right that's a while ago yeah it's a while ago and then the variant changes and they're trying to catch up with it but how do you think the Biden administration is doing on that right now? Well, I, I would say that they have to now be more aggressive about drawing the line and saying, and I think they're trying to get there, that this really is a case of that, you know, the unvaccinated are hurting America's, you know, pursuit to finally yeah. be done with this pandemic. And I you know, I, th- I don't know. I think that they have some sensitivity to there are public sector unions and that, you know, maybe people, they have a reasoning and they have a logic that they don't really like to be told is a mandate. And I, that might have surprised them, but that is absolutely out there. So, however, I think that they're going to have to rise above that and say, um, you know, well, maybe on this one, guys, we're going to part company because, you know, this is what we what we have to do. So, you know, I, I do think the Delta changes it and it should concern people that the longer a country of this size, we really only have 50% of Americans vaccinated. And I know we all wanted to believe, well, wouldn't that be enough? That's still 170 million people, but apparently not. And I also think, you know, there's a big world out there and, you know, we live in a, you know, global interactive world. And so, of course, people were on airplanes and people were in this part of the world. And then the Delta went all over. Well, it might have been in India originally, but it's all over the place. We know that there are people coming over the border who are not checked and we, they could be flying in from somewhere else. I think you have a large um, you know, liability at the border about uh, are there people coming in. But let's face it, there's a whole lot of people living here. They could simply just trying to, you know, put down your resistance, put down your politics and get the vaccine. Mm. So, you know, I just think a good, bad or whatever way people want to be mad at Fauci or the CDC, I, I don't see how you can now make any reasonable case that you won't do that. Um, and so, again, I do think that if you, you know, you're trying to follow some logic here, it does make sense if you truly had the United States, like 90% vaccinated. Right. You know, I do try to follow it. I mean, I think that they're logical when they say to make people understand um, once you reach those thresholds, it does just begin to disintegrate. I mean, you can go back 50, 60 years when polio, when children were widely vaccinated and people of our age should know these kind of facts. It was only then that then it was eradicated, really, which was, a, you know, a, a yeah. miracle for the major. world. It was. And, um, you know, so these things can be eradicated, but you really have to reach that point. So it is uh, unfortunate. And I, I think, you know, people who want to be the first one to say, oh, this is such a nuisance, but then then go do your part and you know, just do it. I mean, right. Now, DJ you know, uh, and Donna, folks, we're speaking with Donna Perry. There's a good piece of the Wall Street Journal today. Vaccinated Americans are drawing sharper lines around who they choose to spend time with amid rising COVID cases, while the unvaccinated are growing testy over being excluded, feeling judged. And within the story, they talk about 
how this mother was planning a party and mm. and young mother and two you know seven year old girl I think and then they didn't do anything last year and then you know she's hearing more that it can affect children so they decided first of all to cancel the party but then they were going to exclude people that were not vaccinated oh, from yeah. the party mm. the, the lines definitely you know I don't think anyone saw this coming a year ago because it was all about getting the vaccine but what do you make of this and it's you you can't avoid it and you really see it in social media and it's more and more um of of the vaccinated and then the unvaccinated i'll just also say jennifer aniston obviously made her money star of friends she has said she has started to cut off friends who who won't get vaccinated that has become the cutoff line it's almost kind of like the new politics thing you don't discuss but yeah. What is your thought on why the country is being d- divided this way? Well, I, I do think, again, that there is a, a real fear of this most recent variant, number yes. one. Um, I think, again, we're not in the same place as a year ago. And I think that actually what we experienced in last May, it, it, this is actually making the vaccinated more angry and frustrated mm. because I do think people who are vaccinated feel like, well, gee, why should the answer be to now overprotect the vaccinated? Right. <laughs> why, why can't the answer be, you know, my neighbor, well, I'm sorry, you just, you know, get a base. It's like a flu shot. You, I mean, this isn't going to be the end of your day or your week, or your life. If you just, you know, get the vaccine. So I do think there's a, um, there is a frustration and an anger. And, and John, let, let's point this out. There's a real, uh, we have a real problem in the country. If, if we can't finally get past this, we all know yeah. this about what's happened to K to 12 school, universities, colleges, we have, you know, young people, children in our lives. And, you know, trying to get a career going. This this isn't a natural way to live. And we we shouldn't say that the vaccinated half of America is going to have to keep, you know, being, again, being almost like overprotect the vaccinated. And I don't think you're going to have this honor system as the only way out uh, much longer. I don't. Right. I agree. Uh, and um, never mind, then you're hearing fake vaccination cards going out there. Um, well, it also yeah. we're all I'd like to say we're all given the same amount of information. It's almost like when a storm's going to hit, you have the people that completely disregard it. Then they get stuck on the highway. Those that totally, you know, maybe over prepare. They yep. get in the bread and milk. And then those there is some people that just, ah, probably won't get anything. And then you get hit with two feet of snow. It's bad. There were people, you know, we're still going through the people saying, I don't get it. What's the point of getting the vaccine if you could still get COVID? But, you know, it's been explained. You don't end up in the hospital. The people that are dying are not the people that have been vaccinated. But it is frightening to me that you have adults that, you know, maybe in normal times they're able to get through in the day to day. But this is almost like, listen, you're in the lifeboat and everyone needs to really pay attention and listen. And we're going to say this just one time, like, there are people that just are not getting it and continue to mock it. And it, it's 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 going to continue, well, as you say, it's a problem. And well, I also think it's shedding a spotlight on something that that kind of was murky to get get out there last year. A lot of American adults and they may be middle aged, not elderly yeah. people our age who actually take very bad care of their health. Yes. I mean, there yeah. are many people it's hard to imagine for you, for I, it's in the day I've had children. I mean, you know, you, you keep track of, you know, you have an annual physical. I mean, but there are people who they don't do that. It, it right. astounds me. I can't yeah. understand how you can live like that. But there are people who they have horrible diets. They don't exercise. They are just not tracking their health. And, you know, something like this can smacks you right in the face and says, well, you know, you really do have to pay attention to this. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that unfortunately it's going to become sharper. I think private sector, uh, whether it's companies, whether it's the hospitality sector, restaurants, you know, they almost went under. They're just trying to claw back. And mm. I think they're going to, a lot of them are going to say, you know what, we're a private business and we have every yep. right to say either you vaccinated, you come in, you, you're not, you're not coming in. And I think there's going to be a lot more public support for that. Mm. So if that alone is an incentive, 
And I, I just wish people could understand the dynamics of all something like this. You know, the more vaccination, you have less, less spread. Um, so. And Donna Perry, finally, before we let you go, um, I think, and in, in, I'll also say, I don't think the media, I think they kind of give them a free pass a little bit. But if anyone has wondered, you know, if you were going to do an experiment and take something, someone very progressive, really far to the left, as progressive yep. as you can get, put them in charge of a city. You, you could look at Mayor Alorza, the mayor of the city of Providence, and the damage and effects that happen as you start to kind of let certain regulations within the city go, allow yep. this defund the police talk to take hold, uh, put the police in a box, um, don't replace them, don't have academies, let people to retire, get the force down. And it just there's so many different ramifications. I want to credit the city council president, John Agliosi, who said we want to we should make it clear to criminals they're not welcome in the city. That has been missing. Yes. And, you know, it is now a national story with the violence that has broken out. And then it was only fitting that Mayor Alorza was out of state in New Hampshire at Storyland as all of this was going down. Right. And, and I would just like to make a simple contrast. Now, we have a, the acting mayor right now, Kim Janney, in Boston. Yes. Um, she was the head of the city council. She is running. She would become a historic uh, first female, um, first um, black American Bostonian. But she has done a pretty good job in her acting mayor months. And, and Boston had a wild, you know, very violent weekend with several shootings in Dorchester. Well, she's her style. She jumps right in front of the microphone Monday, jumps right out there. She works very well from what I can see pretty well with the Boston PD. She jumps out. She says, we have no tolerance for this. We're not going to have this. We're not going to have it. You know, she I mean, that that's a difference in tone of a mayor. And no one would accuse her of not being kind of a progressive. OK, but mm. she is absolutely a very astute politician because she understands one thing. If people are terrified of sections of the city, if you're the mayor, you have a problem. And, yep. uh, you know, John, he just has not projected anything that no. he should be projecting. And I would just say observing all this. Uh, he politically is in trouble because, you know, when you have lost to me, not only has he lost credibility, he's lost the confidence of whether you're a regular, just a, you know, regular person or you go into Providence a lot. Never mind when you have police forces, statewide police, governor's office. I just don't think he had, there's any confidence left in his ability to manage this. Uh, you have done excellent reporting, John, Thank breaking you, stories. And I hope people understand this is like very should be very concerning. It's very serious. Providence just having this the, the Providence police can can barely keep up with, you know, and then trying to make the arrests and they're trying to do all the investigations. And, you know, that's you need a bigger force. You need uh, manpower when you have this kind of a situation. Um, it's not just, you know, oh, well, this and that is happening. And for a mayor like that to make a comment that and, and almost to say, well, community programs. Just, oh, God, <laughs> JD, you're talk putting about people's lives in danger. I mean, right? you're that, putting people's absolutely. lives in danger. All of this talk about reimagining policing and equity yeah. and everyone yep. must be involved and everything else. Listen. It, the bottom line, there are dangerous individuals. And if yeah. you don't control them, if there's no fear, if there's no fear repercussions, if you allow them to run amok, look at what can happen. You have a city. This thing can break out of control. You can't call a timeout and say, all right, everybody, no shootings or killings tonight. It just doesn't work that way. No. You can't get the, you know, the, it doesn't go back right away. You can't get the toothpaste back in. When you allow all these activists to dictate the policy and tell the community, don't talk to the police, don't cooperate That's with the police. Awful. It's so terrible. And to do that to children and then you have these murders and then people won't come forward. People they are getting killed they because of that attitude. Because yeah. of that attitude. Yeah. And there needs to be more accountability. Folks, she is Shame. Donna Perry, again, freelance uh, commentator and writer. DJ, great job. Stay great safe. to be with we'll you. We'll talk to you again. Great to be with you. Jay Perry Paving always provides high quality Fair pricing, exceptional service. Residential, commercial, seal coating patios. Get your driveway paved. Letter J, J.
Perry Paving. 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, patios, and general masonry projects. J. Perry Paving, they offer free estimates. Call them today at 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. It's J. Perry Paving. Get your driveway paved. And if you're a veteran, no one has a better package for veterans than J. Perry Paving. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, J. Perry Paving has your back. Check out the benefits of investing in asphalt paving. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. Call them for a free quote today. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving, licensed insured contracting company. They will meet your needs no matter how big or how small. And no one treats veterans better than J. Perry Paving. Call them today, 401 401- 732-1730-401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Summer, continue to enjoy your best lawn ever with Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Contact them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025 or online lawndoctor.com a lot more summer ahead plus the fall lawn doctor of rhode island your best lawn ever guaranteed call for a free quote today 401-392-1025 find out also about keeping your family safe from ticks and mosquitoes lawn doctor of rhode island check out their website it's lawndoctor.com or call today for a free quote 401-392-1025 Listening to the John DePietro Show. Joining us right now, he is the General Counsel, American Conservative Union, as well as the director of the ACU Foundation's Nolan Center for Justice. It is David Safavian. David, uh, welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us. I, I am very anxious to hear your thoughts on what could be done about this summer crime wave that is gripping the nation right now. Well, hey, good morning, and thank you for for uh, having me on this morning. Yeah, we we are really concerned about particularly the epidemic of violent crime, the surge in, in crime that's going on right now. You know, it's it's a little interesting because I talk to some of my friends on the left who say, well, crime remains pretty static. These are just blurbs, just minute spikes. And the fact of the matter is that while a whole bunch of crimes have, have stayed low, property crimes... You know, who burglarizes an apartment when everyone's locked in it because of pandemic? It makes sense that those crimes have dropped. Murder has jumped by by 33% across the country on average. And it's it's a real problem. Um, the, 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 the challenge we have is that, uh, the, you know, our law enforcement is not feeling backed. They're not feeling supported. This is a, a direct connection to the defund the police movement. And when when police sit in their cars with their windows up, driving in circles rather than engaging in the in the community, these are the types of things that happen. So you know, first and foremost is we have to kind of reset expectations with our our law enforcement officers, make sure that they're supported, fill the gaps, make sure that we have full strength police departments, uh, so that we're taking violent crime head on. David, did you see? Uh... It was on ABC's This Week, not to put you on the spot, but Pierre Thomas of ABC did a full report. I guess they tracked the shootings and murders in the course of a week in in America. Um, I didn't realize, it may have been featured on ABC World News tonight, but it was definitely on ABC's This Week with Stephanopoulos. Uh, Pierre Thomas, who's who's normally there, I think he's always um, on, on Capitol Hill. But any, did you happen to catch that at all? I didn't. I got to say, I'm not a big George Stephanopoulos fan. All right, well, anyhow... Um, but they he they talk about they feel that there's there's in every community there's certain 
groups, limited groups, number of people that truly are the bad actors. And but for some reason, you know, they're they're committing the, the bulk of the crime, but the police seem unable to stop these small groups of people. It's like they know who it is, who the bad people are, but they're not stopping them. D- does that also coincide with I mean, what are your thoughts on that? That you have hit the the core issue of the crime rate squarely on the head. Um, The vast majority of crimes are committed by repeat offenders. And, you know, this is going to sound a little strange, but I think we have to lay the blame largely on our prison system. Uh, This is what Donald Trump did when he passed the First Step Act, okay? What he did was, to take you back, in 2018, he passed this legislation that basically created incentives for prisoners in the federal system to take all of the anti-recidivism programming that has been proven to cut the, the chances of someone returning to prison or jail. Right. So getting a GED, getting mental health treatment, getting opioid addiction treatment, all of these things, if you engaged in it while you were behind bars, it ended up helping you at the back end so you could go to home confinement sooner. You were still convicted. You were still uh, technically incarcerated, but you got to move from from a prison to your home and have an ankle bracelet on Uh, creating incentives to encourage people to do that kind of hard work of self-improvement has been proven time and time again at the state level to cut recidivism. There's a strain of folks that believe, you know, in the whole, you do the crime, you do the time. And I, I believe that you got to take responsibility for your actions. This is part of our core ethos at American Conservative Union. But if we can, uh, you know, provide the mechanisms for people to learn to engage with society in a way that doesn't break the law that's the surest way the lowest crime rate we have not done that we have been more than happy just to throw people away for draconian periods of incarceration and when we treat folks like animals and they let and then we let them out are we really surprised that they're going to go back and act like animals uh the answer is we shouldn't be so part of the solution here is uh, using those prison cells, which cost a hell of a lot of money, those prison cells should be reserved for the people we fear, not as much for the people we're mad at, and then take some of the savings right. put into that programming so that when people do come out of prison or jail, they're not as likely to reoffend. You know, that is an excellent point. Again, folks, we're so speaking with David Safavian, General Counsel, American Conservative Union. You know, David, at this day and age, especially, you know, with COVID certain prisoners were getting uh, released from prison early because of that it, what you just said is exactly right it as you really step back it, it makes when you have non-violent offenders there are people that they're involved with crime or they do things wrong but they're non-violent it it's so costly to then keep them locked up and, and treat them the same as a dangerous murderer someone that you know brutally killed either one or or more people well, and let me give you a perfect example of that dynamic. Um, during the height of the pandemic, Congress authorized the federal system to send more people to home confinement, particularly those people that were not risks to their community, right? So at one point, 28,000 or so folks were sent to home confinement out of the federal system. Today, about 7,200 are still on home confinement. But because of the way the law was drafted, they, as soon as the pandemic emergency is declared ended, they go back to prison. Now, this cohort of people reoffended at less than 1%. 28,000 people, of the 28,000 people, only 21 of them committed crimes while they were on home confinement. So, to give you a comparison, the, the reoffense rate for federal prisoners is 49.3%. Almost half come out and do bad things again. This group, less than 1%, came out and did bad things. Why would we send this group of people back who have reengaged, they've gotten jobs, apartments, they're connected with their families, send them back to prison when it offers no public safety value whatsoever? All it's going to do is cost a quarter of a billion dollars a year to lock up those people. Yep. And, and it's just silly. Again, folks, so speak with David Savavian, General Counsel, American Conservative Union. David, let's get back to the crime wave, though. What, what could be done could anything be done between now let's just say if i made you king for the day between now and labor day what what could be done to try to stem the crime summer crime rate right now in the united states first and foremost we need more cops on the street um you know what we saw 
in the data, and, and we're all about data. This is not about, you know, my friends on the left like to talk about things with emotion. This is about data. What we saw was that that the spike in crime happened when right after the George Floyd murder, and there was all, there were all these calls to defund the police, right? So um, retirements uh, exploded, 42% increase in retirements. People quit the law enforcement profession, 18% of people who were wearing badges decided just to quit and go do something else. We need to fill all those spots. The problem is we're having good, we're having recruiting problems. Finding the people that want to wear the badge for the right reason is posing a challenge because who wants, who wants a job that everybody gets the Monday morning quarterback when they make a mistake, they're subject to either lawsuits, uh, job terminations, or worse yet, you know, prosecutions. You know, these are split second decisions. I'm a former police officer. I know what it's like. And and to um, we need to, you know, this sounds soft and mushy, but we need to, you know, show our law enforcement community that we have their backs. That doesn't mean we have their backs when they do bad things. You know, corruption, clear violations of rules and regs, uh, police brutality, that all has to be held accountable. But we need to make sure that the right rhetoric coming out of our politicians is supportive of law enforcement. And I think, you know, this is not a left or right decision. People in Baltimore, people in Providence, people in my hometown of Detroit want more cops on the streets. We need to make sure that we've got the funding there to hire them, that we need to pay them fairly, that we need to bonus them when they do the right things. There are, that is going to be the key to reducing crime. You know, David, before I let you go, one thing, and you're exactly on the money, is... um what this is also the other side the defund the police crowd the abolish the police they they play the long game they they recognize this isn't going to happen right away but like anything else think of over the next five years they keep this pressure on that anyone that steps out of line makes a mistake boom vilified highlighted you know if it's bad now think of what it's going to be like in in five years over time this type of pressure it's gonna it's gonna have an effect it absolutely is you know, I, I I agree with you and I disagree with you. I think the whole defund the police argument really has hit its high watermark. People recognize that it makes zero sense. The problem we have to focus in on in that regard are are the prosecutors across the country that choose not to enforce the law. Yep. Um, you know, they've got to do things properly. They've got to do things with balance and fairness and recognizing the big picture, but saying we're not going to prosecute a whole category of crimes. All that does is, is encourage small-time offenders to become big-time offenders. So, our, our, you know, this is where our vote counts. We have to vote the people in that back the police, that back the meeting or the rule of law. And, you know, these people that decide, I, I, I personally disagree with this charge or that charge, so I'm not going to prosecute any of them. Those people are not doing their duty, and they need to be held accountable. Folks, he's David Savavian, General Counsel, American Conservative Union. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA, Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies you can depend on on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300.